welcome to Dear Ashley, where, friendly reminder, we are definitely uncertified and probably unqualified, but guess what? It doesn't matter because we're not giving any advice today. I am joined by my husband, Steve, who kind of backed me into this bonus episode where we just talk about reality TV. That's not true. It wasn't all me. But turns out I am very glad that you did. Because after watching this week's episodes and taking approximately five minutes to consider my thoughts, I realized that I have so many questions that I would like answered. So, Steve, can you tell me and the people what exactly we are doing today? Yes. So, to be clear, we received a bunch of emails and voicemails and texts and DMs (laughs) and Reddit posts and uh, letters by Carrier Pigeon about (laughs) you continuing your bachelor slash bachelorette recaps. It was a very popular staple of your previous podcast existence. Mm -hmm. Then we put up a poll on Instagram and 88% of listeners, I want to talk to the other 12%. (laughs) Uh, said they wanted to hear us talk about the challenge and batch. We got a few DMs about it, too, with some stipulations. We'll get into in a second. Uh, So we're going to do a quick recap of this week's episodes of Bachelorette and the challenge. And then we each get to ask one question. One? One question. I thought you were were like, it's supporting me. No. I have so many. Okay. Well, well, here's what we'll do. I'm going to have to craft my questions. Here's what. uh, (laughs) This is the first time we're doing this. So forgiveness to the listener that's listening to this, that it's uh, a cobbled together format that we'll probably figure out later. Yeah. If it stinks, we'll just scrap it or change it. Your recaps, if I were to give you a note. Tended on the long or (laughs) trended on the long side. There's a lot to discuss. Uh, I don't think. I think you should re- remove a level of Ashley detail to the recaps. That's impossible for me physically um, to do. Maybe that's what people liked. <laughs> but but I think uh, within the recaps, we shouldn't get off topic. We should almost do like you do a recap mm-hmm. and then we each ask one question. And I imagine off of those questions, there'll be questions. All right. So do we have like a fun... I don't yeah. Know, what do we first do show. <laughs> Which one's the first show? The Bachelor. This was episode three. Three. Okay, so we're, we're playing from behind. Uh, Two-hour episode that, if we're being transparent, neither of us can watch one sitting. <laughs> we have to break it up over the course of two days. Um, Ashley. Yes. Can you please tell us what happened on this week's episode of The Bachelor? Yeah. Okay. And so, concisely as possible. As, uh, okay. I'm just going to have to talk really fast then because I have a lot no, of things. No, don't talk fast. I have a lot of things that I need to share. Okay. Okay. So we are in, as Steve said, episode three of Matt James' season as The Bachelor. This is important because it's a historic moment in the franchise. He's the first black bachelor. Um, if you are picturing Tasha's quarantine season at La Quinta. This is not close to that. They're in this like sprawling resort in the middle of Pennsylvania, I it's, think. It's Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Okay. It's I'm, like an hour and a half wet. What's it called? Nemecolon? Nemecolon Woodlands. Okay. It's, it's beautiful. Gorgeous. It's unbelievable the difference in budget between this yeah. and The Bachelorette. It's a Pittsburgh Bachelorette. Oh, speaking of The Bachelorette, I know we're not supposed to get off topic. You guys, you're going to be shocked to hear this if you haven't. Dale and Claire have yeah. already broken up. <laughs> we're good there. We don't have to talk about that. It's, we could have said put spoiler alert on that last episode. I'm sorry. That's mean. Wish them all the best success. <laughs> Keep going. Okay, I would so- also say like if you watch the show, like 
Sorry, because I was just about to tell you again what happened. It's gonna it's gonna be infused with such charm and personality that they won't that's mind. That's right. That's right. Okay, so this this episode starts with a woman named Sarah who he had previously been on a one on one with, fainting in the middle of a rose ceremony. Um, she already had a rose, so she wasn't nervous. She just fainted. Uh, he goes and consoles her. The other women are pissed because they're literally waiting to find out whether or not they're going to get roses. They think maybe she did it on purpose. She just wants attention. It paints Sarah as the villain of the episode early. It gets resolved. She's fine. We lose some people who aren't important. We go on with our lives. The group date is Ashley I, who we have seen a bunch of. She's like coming back a lot, I guess. Um, Reading um, Chris Harrison's erotica, which... Which we have on our shelves. I didn't need to know that Chris Harrison, and I don't want to get into this too much, but Chris Harrison, host of The Bachelor and Bachelorette, has written erotica in a published book. And for some reason, we felt the need to read that out loud in front of people. That's good TV. Which sets us up for the group date, which is that everyone has to write their own scene um, about them with Matt. All you need to know about this is that at one point, someone wrote, my groin fluttered. And when Victoria, who is the one of the other early villains of this season, performed her scene, it was just bleep, 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 and a lot of shocked faces. Um, important to know that the women on this group date are reading their scenes to a live studio audience, which is comprised of the other contestants. In this, this audience crowd is Sarah, who is still fragile from her fainting episode, and she is absolutely overcome with emotion having to watch these women read these things to Matt because, again, somebody always comes on the show and doesn't realize you have to watch your boyfriend, who you've been on one date with, like, interact with other women, and she's just completely flustered and jealous and insecure and loses her mind. So... In the evening portion of that group date, which reminder, Sarah was not on, she naturally shows up, interrupts Katie, who was the woman who showed up um, in episode that came out of the limo. Dildo girl. Okay. Yep. We're just putting it right out there with the, the, that's what she with was. the sex toy. That's what Everyone they, that's affectionately what they calls as. her dildo girl. That's what they fonted her as. Apologies if your ears are sensitive. Um, interrupts Katie. And is like, I'm sorry, I need to steal him. And proceeds to tell him she's feeling very insecure and was thinking about leaving and she can't handle this and she's overwhelmed. Meanwhile, all of the other women are rightfully furious because not only has Sarah already had a one-on-one, one of the two, I think, that have happened so far, she interrupts their group date. Even though she was going on the group date later, Chris Harrison had made it clear all the women were getting time this week. So specifically interrupts their time to talk about her insecurities. It means women who were on the group date didn't get time and they are pissed. So we see, this is where we start to see, that this is already long, I can see, I can see what you're saying. But we start to see Victoria, who was a villain, kind of turn around and become like the voice of reason, which is weird. Um, At the end of the group date, Rachel gets the rose. So the next day, it's time for Serena P's one-on-one, but Sarah has not come down from her room and is kind of hiding from all the women. And so when Matt comes to pick up Serena P for the one-on-one, he's like, oh, where's Sarah? And they're like, oh, she's sulking in her room. And he decides it's a good idea to leave and go comfort her 
And it just sets off this chain reaction of like everyone who was already pissed at Sarah is now furious at Sarah. She's manipulating him. He is showing that he has no sense of how this show is supposed to go and respecting other women's emotions. It's, it's a lot. When they finally go on the one-on-one date, um, Serena P and Matt go on a hike and then have a picnic. They are interrupted for making out by a donkey. They take very cute Polaroids. Steve and I were kind of like, oh, look, Serena P seems normal. That was cool. We liked her. We liked her a lot. It's We still don't know a ton about Matt or his history. He says he's never been in love. He kind of is reusing a lot of the same language. They say vulnerable so many times. If you used it as a drinking game, you would not be able to get up the next day. Um... Meanwhile, Sarah is still, Sarah finally comes down, tries to apologize to the women who are not having it at all, like at all. Um, You start to feel bad for her a little bit. Katie, aka Dildo Girl, goes to talk to Sarah in a a move where it's like, you start to think these people are villains, but she's like actually kind of like deep and uh, receptive to what she's saying and like turns out to be a good listener. But ultimately, Sarah decides she's going to self-eliminate. She can't handle this. She wants to go back to be with her family. She goes to Matt, says goodbye. He's upset. And then the big teaser, dun-dun-dun, is that we're getting five new women next week. Because we know how successfully that worked out when they did it on Tasha's season. But there we are. And so that was your Bachelor update. Steve. Don't you do like a doodly yeah, something? Yeah, but that, I feel like that, that's trademarked. you retired, you put it in the rafters? No, that's just trademarked on another program. So oh, you didn't I'll just say go, it. ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> that was your bachelorette update. Ta-da. Uh, Steve. Yes. What is your question? Uh, my question is, does Matt James work out? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Obviously does they they do they, it is awkward to watch with your wife when they do gratuitous slow mos of him taking off his shirt before he gets into a warm steamy hot tub yeah uh, I think he, the, he looks uh, awesome I Shout think out the, to Matt James. the weirder ones are when they just film him showering by himself <laughs> and just zoom in on the you're so like that, that, I, am I supposed to count his abs what is the point of this I'm so uncomfortable so that's my question. Uh, I guess, and it's it's a little bit of, of someone who's watched this sporadically, but not uh, all the seasons like you have. I, I kind of jump I in here seen and there. All the seasons. So that point, like it's a te- television show. So, dear Ashley, you don't have to say it that way. Just as a question, <laughs> we'll figure this out, guys. We're working through it. <laughs> do these? Do you think in in the heightened sense of the actual Bachelor House? The contestants forget it's a show, like a television. Forget the word reality. Forget that it's a show. Or are they overly sensitive to that it's it's a show to where Victoria is Victoria. Sarah is Mm -hmm. putting on a little uh, more than she needs to be by interrupting dates. Do you think that it's – they completely forget that they're on a show and – there, it's just that's how the women will argue if you put twenty of them in a house to fight over one dude, or that they're going for the drama because they want that screen time. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I've actually been thinking because there was lot. a lot of drama this app. Yeah, I mean, there's usually a lot Fun of drama and weird. And yeah. when there isn't, I think the producer's job is to make the drama. And I a hundred percent think the producers encouraged, if not pushed, Sarah to go interrupt the group date. We've uh-huh, seen so, them yeah. do it before. I also think that 
being in that situation is probably so much harder than we realize. And I actually want to, we're probably going to talk about this when we talk about the challenge, but we've seen people self-eliminate more and more frequently because I think it weighs on you more than you could ever have guessed. Uh, like imagine being in a place where you have to share your lodging with a bunch of people, big personalities who are all competing for the same thing and you have no connections to the outside. Like you can't have your phone, you can't have a computer. Like you're forced to spend all your time with these people and cameras are on you constantly. Anything you say, yeah. you can't slip up like that. And these these shoot schedules, and you see some of it when they walk out and do confessionals and it's daylight and the scene was supposed to take place at night. Like they're grueling production schedules. They must be exhausted. You have to look good all the time. You have to be on all the time and you can't make a mistake or it could mean like the end of you. I bet that's so hard. And I think the producers not only know that, but capitalize on it and push you to make bad decisions so that it makes good TV. That's right. I think, I think the reason why I asked too is because I, I really enjoyed Katie. I was going to call her by other name, but I'll I'll phrase to use it once. And I was trying to remember what her actual name was (laughs) this episode. Cause she did the, she did both things. She did when she showed up, she's like, Oh, I got to be memorable on the arrival. So I'm going to poke him with this toy I brought from home. Mm -hmm. Um, in the arm. She did uh, use it. So he means <laughs> he means someone else was having a conversation and to go interrupt and ask for time, Katie used the no. sex toy oh, to poke a girl yeah, in yeah. the arm and be like, excuse me, I, can I, I steal him? I meant when she showed up. I meant when yeah, she showed up. Yeah, I just, people didn't know that yeah. scene. So they No, I meant when she came out of the limo. Oh, well, she also poked yeah, a woman in the arm. Anyways, that was her <laughs> brand. So she knew, my point was, she knew like, oh, I got to stand out. I got to get some screen time. But then she completely flipped for me on this episode and was a normal. Mm-hmm. She like got emotional. She said something really like uh, responsible and grown up yeah. about Sarah at the end. She kind of got a little teary eyed. Yeah, she and told the ladies to keep it like, classy. And she's like, like Thank keep you it classy. For yeah, that. and she it was like, oh okay. So I think she's hyper aware of the the situation. And it was cool to see like. Yeah, this is a television show. It's kind of goofy at times where we, where we bring toys from home. And then it can be like a real human moment where you're like, nah, we probably don't know what this person's going through. They got to sitch at home. Let's let them live. Let's not judge. Let's yeah. not bully. Uh, Katie moved up the power rankings for me. Ooh, ooh, we should talk about who our power rankings are. I don't know mine yet. Uh, I have, Full disclosure, in a fantasy team. Uh, Steve's in a bachelor fantasy league. Didn't draft that well. His draft was horrible. Uh, It went against all of the advice I gave him. I helped him with prep and boof. I like Kayla a lot. She was from North Carolina. I don't think she's going to go that far. Showed showed up in the truck. MJ, Michael Jordan. Yeah, she... Great pick. She's got amazing hair. It's fine. Chime in. It's good. Yeah, she's not going anywhere either. Uh, Victoria, my queen. Um, I can't believe she's on your team. (laughs) Yeah. She's the, she's the villain they're keeping around, but there's not a chance. I think I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna we don't have to get in the rules, but I'm banking on one of these newbies showing up to be the centerpiece and um, uh, number one scoring option, no pun intended, of oh, my team coming uh, going forward. Yeah, for that's huge. We have to be smart about uh, smart about that. Okay, my what's your question? My question is, and I don't know if I want to know the answer to this. How how much influence do you think Chris Harrison had in picking that group date? 
Like, was he the one pushing for them to read his erotica novel in a group and then sit there and like t- take camera shots of him listening to the women read these steamy scenes? It was fun. I hated yeah, it. Was it. Fun. I hated it. I should have took a picture of you cringing. Oh my god! Blankets. I get the I get such severe secondhand embarrassment. Like watching the movie I Love You Man, I had my face in my shirt the whole time. That's I was so that. uncomfortable. This oh, was that all over a, again. Ashley doesn't like awkwardness. No, I, I I get so internally uncomfortable. I had my shirt over my head and I was just like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. This is horrible. Why are we doing this? So yeah, it was horrible for me to watch. I don't know why they would do it. They like said some aside is the theme of this week is to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And I like, you don't want to make the viewer uncomfortable. I, like, I, I don't they, want to know that Chris Harrison wrote that bet, or thinks that or said those words ever at one time. So I think they had that segment in their um, their back pocket for a while as like a, a rainy day segment, uh, which is perfect because it's indoors. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to look up when he wrote that book. I, the less I know about I it. I probably better. shouldn't Google it either. Ugh. Uh, but I bet like because – and we noticed this on the Tasia season two – Oh, it's temporarily out of stock on Amazon. Yeah, I bet people were like, oh, I want to read. And then, like, I could not want to read anything less. And don't get me wrong. I have read romance novels. Yeah, he published, like it, romance he published novels. it in 2016. So I bet they had this, like, as a segment in their back pocket. And because of COVID and because of delays, they can't travel as much. They can't. Do you do think it. it came from him? He's like, I've got an idea. No, what if we no, read no, no, my book? No. I feel like he did. No, I feel I like he. So. They were like, I think the for a long time, they like were like, no, Chris, Chris, Chris. When that's not really, we're not going to. And then he just kept pushing and nagging and, like, this. I think it's time. And finally, they're like, oh, fine, let him do it. I think, no, I think uh, the producers are like, we're, we we got to get creative this year. What's that segment that kid pitched a year ago? Oh, yeah, let's read Chris Harrison's book. Maybe I, I don't think, oh, no, it definitely came from him, and I hate it. I wish it didn't. Ugh, gross. Uh, a longtime host of ABC's hit show, The Bachelor and Bachelorette, Chris Harrison has witnessed the joys and heartbreak of men and women searching for everlasting love. A true romantic at heart, he believes that everyone deserves their own fairy, t- fairy tale ending. Now, in his first work of fiction, Chris draws on his unique insights. Don't use that voice. <laughs> unique insights. Ew, how are they unique? And his wisdom in a remarkable debut novel that explores love and its consequences. A must read for Bachelorette fans no. and hopeless romantics everywhere. Nope. Hard pass. No, thank you. Like, if you're going to read that stuff, that's stuff you read in private. And thinking about Chris Harrison at any time while reading that would really douse my candle. You know what I mean? <laughs> Put it right out. <laughs> Take the wick out of your candle. <laughs> Take the lead right out of my pencil. <laughs> uh, let's do uh, impromptu. Who is currently, if this was golf, who's who's atop the leaderboard right now in your mind? I think pre- Brie? Brie. Is it Brie or Pre? It's Brie. Okay, Brie. There's still a lot of women left, okay? And we haven't seen her yet. I think it's Brie. I think it's Serena, who he had the one-on-one date. He I was, think any- He was smitten. Serena's I- atop the board right now. I think it's Brie. We haven't seen her in a while. I think she's going to get a one-on-one soon, and she's going to shoot okay. back up to the top. So we'll make a graphic each after each week. A graphic? We're not making a graphic. We can barely post Date Mary Dump, and by barely, I mean I've been asking for it for a month. And Every it time I get happen. it posted, it feels weird. Like it was like mentioned once, and it's not a thing. <sighs> okay, that was The Bachelor. How that many was minutes was that? The too many. Or like 20. Okay, we said <laughs> this was going to be 30 minutes. Okay, we got to go fast. Okay, now it's time for the challenge. boo doop boop doop yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. So we're further along into the season of the challenge. This season is called Double Agents. 
the, the meaning behind it is very unclear. They're misusing the whole theme, but it's kind of like a spy theme where people are in partners of two, but you can turn on each other. There are rogue agents. When one partner gets eliminated, because every elimination is either a men's or women's, the, the, the terminology is like- Loosely defined. Loosely defined at best. Um, so I'm not gonna go into the whole backstory. There's a bunch of new faces if you haven't watched the challenge but you know the structure of the show. We start this episode with Leo, who's a professional wrestler, um, going home. He self-eliminates. He has said that um, he had spent some time in a group home growing up, and every morning waking up with strangers in an unfamiliar place was really triggering memories from that time and making him really uncomfortable. And so he decided to go, and usually we'll see TJ, the host, call people out for quitting and being like really brutal in his response to them. And he actually said he 100% supports this decision. And like MTV made the choice to say mental health is important and health in general is so much more is the most important thing on the challenge, which I really appreciated. They like put up a graphic of like, you're struggling with mental health or you want to talk to somebody call this number. Um, So that was cool. I'm glad that they did that. Uh, That, challenge this week was the teams carrying these really heavy cylinders on a five mile run with puzzles along the way. So they were calling it like a mini final. I will say before we got started with that, we were blessed with the challenge being sponsored by uh, P3 Protein and TJ Delivering. (laughs) There's a video somewhere on YouTube. I can't find it, but I've seen it in the past when he's had to do sponsored reads for segments or giveaways. It, it is so funny. It's so funny. Steve literally was, he had been on his computer and TJ goes like, because we all know three proteins are better than one. And Steve stopped and threw his hands up in the air. That's amazing. It was just the way, the, I can't describe it. Go look it up. It's, if I ever create like a, uh, like Bluetooth speaker or like a snackable energy uh, mix, I want TJ Lavin to do the commercial for it. <laughs> so... In this challenge, the two leading groups are kind of Jay and Teresa and Corey and Ashley. Um, Corey and Ashley were in the lead because Ashley's really great at puzzles. And then when they left the puzzle, they were in first and they kind of ran the wrong direction because Corey was in the front and Corey is not the brightest bulb and he took them the wrong way. And Jay and Teresa took over the lead and Jay and Teresa ended up winning. Um, and then we find out that power is a drug and it makes people go absolutely insane. And so Jay and Teresa do all this like scheming behind the scenes stuff. They tell everybody that what they want is to vote um, Ashley and Corey in. And then how it works is that the, what are they called? The the double agents yeah. that win. They yeah. call them the double agents. They get to pick who goes in against them. So they want the house vote to be Ashley and Corey. And then they vote in Killer Cam and Kyle, Kyle, who are partners. And so Ashley and Cam, who are both probably the two strongest women in the house, have to go head to head in this um, this challenge where you stand on like a tiny podium in the middle of a circle of posts that have hooks on it. And you have to use the momentum running over the they're like hooked up to what are those called? like strings or whatever. And they have to like run and jump and swing and get enough space that they can then 
put rings onto six hooks and whoever does that first wins. So Cam ends up winning. Ashley goes home. Cam decides to stay with Kyle. And that is the end of the episode. So I have two questions I want to talk about. Why don't you go first and I'll hope that you pick one of mine. (laughs) Take a deep breath too because you you plowed through that. That was good. That one's easier to describe because like you don't need to get into all There's a lot of the nuance that we can get into. But mine, again, is an overarching question for our first time doing this reality recap. Why... Dear That's Ashley. a great question. Dear Why? <laughs> Why do people, and I love I love this season, a lot of characters I like, and I, so I love Killer Cam. Why do people still get upset when they get tossed in? There's been 36 seasons of the challenge. Yep. Debuted in 1998. Full disclosure, I'm obsessed with this show. Yep. I love it. I've watched a lot of the seasons. There's been a lot of iterations that I didn't like. There's been iterations I've loved. So I, I'm very versed in in challenge history and the participants. But every single season, when you get thrown in, there's like this, how dare you? And most recently, with the uh, introduction of a gold skull, it is a good thing to get thrown in because if you don't go in years past if you didn't go in you could skate your way to the final and that's probably why they change it but if you don't go in you can't go to the final so that's important you have to win an elimination that's why i don't i don't understand i get that there is some politics behind it but there is this like we are no longer friends because you tossed me in mentality that i think there can be some of that if people are lying to you of course you can lie to your face got it but at the end of the day if you get thrown in and there wasn't a lot of politics at play here like i don't think Teresa ever told cam maybe i missed it that you're not going in okay so you did miss it but here's my i'll speak bigger picture and then i'll hear zero in on jay and Teresa specifically and how they effed this up so royally so bigger picture This game has been going on for a while, and a lot of people have been playing it for years, like decades. CT has been in this game. CT and Anissa were were on the real world when I was in high school. Like, they've they've been in it. And so when this is essentially your job, these are your coworkers, and you build relationships with these people. And part of succeeding in this game is building alliances. And I think when people get pissed... It's because it's somebody who they thought was in their alliance that turned on them, which happens a lot. Um, It's usually later in the game. But as you can, like we have seen in the past, the biggest example is Johnny Bananas and Sarah. Like people who were your friends turn on you and you're like, you were my real life friend. Like Fessy, when yeah. Fessy turned on Corey, like Fessy was at his when your buddies when your buddies turn on you, like, christening. I get, it. I know he mentioned that a few so times. So it's like when your buddies turn on you, I get it. So that's but that's what it is. These are their friends, like people who are there. But the the politic play in my mind would be like, I don't I, I don't think like starting a grudge because you got thrown in unless someone deliberately lied to your face and you got off the bus and you're like, dude, I'm not throwing you in, and so, then they throw you in. That's when you get a okay. Pissed. So in this exact episode that happened, yeah. So we saw a scene and this is, so I have such a problem with Jay and Teresa and how they handled this because they were so dumb about it. If you're going to throw someone in to make a power move, I feel like you need to, you can score yourself on how successful you were if you, one, gained a skull, 
because if you do it for a skull, at least you get something out of it. If you lose an enemy, if you get rid of somebody who was actively trying to get you out of the game, or if you gain an ally, if you have somebody who was not on your side previously and you save them and then they are in your debt and they owe you a favor. Jay and Teresa did none of those things. Like Teresa's thought process was Cam and Ashley are both strong. I want to get one of them out of the game. And you could do that. You could make that move, but not be as slimy about it. Because Teresa went on this. We saw yeah, an entire I, segment. I'm getting at. We saw an entire segment where she sat down with Cam and was like, hey, if this is something physical, if this is a headbanger challenge, I'll I'll put you in so you can get your skull. But I promise you, I swear to you, if you don't want it, I won't put you in. Like, why not just don't say that? And then Jay, who was friends with Corey, said, he kept saying to Corey, hey, I'll, just, I'll give you a heads up if it's you. I'll let you know if it's you. And they didn't say, don't put me in. They were just like, just tell us so that we can get in the right mental headspace for it. Right. On the bus to the event, Jay turned around, See, I missed this part. winked at Corey, and said, you're safe, man. Like, why Why do that? Not only now have you lost your allies, you've gained enemies, and you didn't get a skull. So like, what was this for? It's a power move for a power move's sake. I but guess, they could I have guess. handled it so much better. Yeah. The strategy just is... I don't get it. There is no strategy. But I guess I probably didn't ask my question better because you're right. What happened was was why I can see people getting upset. What I wish they would do a better job of is even as – I know, again, it's a TV show, so we know how they're kind of producing it. And they they want this kind of drama. And this was why two people on their couch are making a podcast about it. (laughs) Uh, If you're friends, why can't you just – talk to your buddy about it in the like walk in like quick huddle or have like a sign language like pull on your ear or they or just straight up say it like I like, there's a lot of layers to this that I, I still don't understand why they get so 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 upset at each other like at the end of the day uh, Cam's like it's great now like it's great that she's went in she should almost be like you know what it's kind of pissed how that went down but, yo, I got my gold skull. I'm good now. Thank you. But they weren't trying to get her a I, gold but skull. But she did. She got it. So She's th- good now. That's what she I'm saying. So now Jay and Teresa are screwed because they were allies. Like, they didn't have bad beef with either of those people. But it worked out in the long run. For so who? I, for for Cam. Cam. Yeah. For but Cam. not for Jay and Teresa. And but, the, my bigger uh, question, and I don't know if this is my question because I want to talk about something else, but... I don't get why Jay went along with this. All it did was get a strong girl out of the game, and now next week is going to be a guy's elimination. Yeah, you kind of and up. Jay, Jay was buddies with Corey. Jay was cool with Kyle, and now both of those dudes hate him, and he got nothing out of it. But there's still like this manipulation uh, level to it all that it's not guaranteed that next week he'll go in. Like people, two people still have to win a challenge. Two different groups have to still win a challenge. Uh, the house might have to vote him in. There's still a lot of layers that he could be okay. And he could, in. yeah. But again, at the end of the day, like, here's how I'm looking at it. Cam's upset. Her friends lied to her. Cool. Get it. End of the day. Uh, she moved up in the standings of the season of the challenge as a result of that. When you when you get past all the drama, you get past all the, hey, you lied to me. You get home 
end of the day, you're back in the house in a position of power and you'd be like, okay, maybe I'll set this semi-petty grudge for throwing me in aside and think of the long con and think and, and less about worrying about Jay and Teresa. Because right now, as far as she's concerned, they shouldn't matter to her. If a group of people or two people in this instance vote you in, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You should prove those two people wrong. I know, but it, it's also like a crime boss mentality. Like if if Cam's the leader and she's and she's the baddest and everyone's listening to her and she's pulling the strings and you have an underling that disrespects you and goes against you, you need to make an example of them so that people don't think they can cross you and vote Cam in every week. Because if the House thinks Cam's the biggest threat, which she is, and they keep vote, they do what they did to Jay last season, they keep voting her in until she loses, which she will eventually, then she's screwed. So she has to like keep that level of intimidation and like show people that they can't lie to her face. That you can't be an ally that crosses her or there's consequences. And so I feel like she does have to punish them for it. Okay. I get it. That's the mafia now. It's the, not the I challenge. I think it's the challenge mafia. That's right. Okay. Here's my question. Why do they time out puzzles? I think it's bullshit. And for people who don't know... When you're running the, the, they ran the challenge, right? One of the, the checkpoints was there was this hole in a wall. You had to use your cylinder to get both you and your partner over the wall. So you put like the cylinder in halfway. You got to climb up, scale the wall, pull your partner up, climb down, pull your cylinder out, keep running. That You do that for as long as it takes for you to get over. The second checkpoint was a puzzle. It was a bunch of numbers on a tile shaped kind of like a honeycomb. And you had to put all the numbers in so that every row added up to 38. And for some reason, there's a timer on it. So if you haven't solved it after 15 minutes, you get to just keep going, which doesn't make any sense to me. Like you have to do the physical parts until you're done. You can't like, you don't, run five miles, but if you don't run five miles within an hour, then you're dismissed and you don't have to finish it. So why should you get to just not have to finish the puzzle? I don't understand. I think that's good. I think this is where I think Survivor is always going to be the superior reality show. Where they, don't, they don't have any stipulations like this. It's like Jeff Prost will roast you if you haven't moved on to the next level. Yeah. F- finish the puzzle. Here, and they've done the challenge has done it in the past where they use it as like a 15 minute penalty. Where if you wanted to, you could just walk up to the puzzle, start it, and just stand there for 15 minutes and then go on. But that's not a good strategy at all. And ultimately, what they're saying is it doesn't really matter. By that point, if you can't finish this puzzle, you're not going to win the challenge. So it, it it's almost moot. Like you could do it and try, but there's a, a pretty, like, there's a especially if you're in the lead you can't do it if you're in the lead you have to like finish it and keep your lead and keep your momentum but if you get to the end and you're in the back of the pack they're not going to wait for that like they're not going to keep a film crew there for the last two teams or like the last four teams to finish the puzzle for another hour well i feel like then then like okay you can move forward but they would they would if it was they waited for anisa who who is not a strong runner and was at the way back of the pack they, like, have waited for to her to finish certain, running it's like it. to a certain point in the challenge. I get what you're saying. It is a dumb rule. But, but it's also kind of like so you're at, right. at, the end of, at the end of the race, we got somebody saying to camera, well, it's not a good look for Anissa and Fessy coming in dead last. 
you know, you, you're supposed to be a strong couple, but you came in last. And it's like, well, actually, if they people hadn't been able to time out of the puzzle, Anissa finished it pretty fast. They would still be there stuck on the puzzle and Anissa would have been able to make up a whole lot of that time and maybe not finish last. Yeah. Neither of those groups, if you're not a strong physical presence or you're not strong mental presence, you're probably not going to win the whole thing. But I feel like it's really diminishing the mental side of things and putting a bigger emphasis on the physical, which I know they do, but I wish they didn't. Okay. And that's that. That's a good question. All right, let's do the same thing for the challenge that we did for The Bachelor. At this point in time, who do you think is going to win it? And you don't have to pick a team. You can pick two people, any two people that you think, a, a boy and a girl, mm. a man and a woman, a male and a female. You can pick <laughs> any... any Chick and a dude. Yeah. A hen and, and a rooster. They don't have to have... Uh, uh, they don't have to be partners right yeah, now. Yeah, I was thinking about a male. male. <laughs> I think I think it's going to be Cam as, as the okay. lady. Do you want to pick the guy? No, and I'll pick your guy. Um... I want it to be CT. So I'm, I'm going to say Cam and CT. Cool. I'm going to go with Devin. Really? For the dudes, because he's had a lot of screen time. And I think I'll agree with you. Cam. Cam will win. I hope Anissa gets but let's, one. Let's check in every week and see okay. if we switch our pit. Okay. Love that. I think we're done here. Okay. We're done for today. Thank you guys so much for listening to our questions. We appreciate you times infinity. Remember, if you want to support us, you can go to anchor.fm slash Ashley. There are also a bunch of places listed on that site where you can stream our podcast. You can hit play on a few of them simultaneously, put it on mute. And then I think your sock drawer could probably use some reorganizing this week. You know, like match them, match them up into little bundle buddies so you, you don't ever get them separated. Keep them organized. Um, That's good advice for you, too. My, my sock bundles are on point. Okay. <laughs> Don't forget to rate and review us unless you don't like this episode. Then feel free to skip it. I don't care. No, I'm kidding. Okay, please rate and review. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. We're just subliminal messaging. Five stars. Yeah, five stars. You can follow along with us in our community on Instagram and Reddit. Both are Dear Ashley Pod. Call us at 929-399-4606 or write us an email at dearashleypod at gmail.com. Talk to you soon. Bye.